Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Hey, sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money? That's my jam. What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match is my shirt. Is that sh my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. Night. I know, I know, I know what you're thinking right now. You're going, wait, 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 it's Tuesday. That, that's not right. But it's supposed to be on Mondays. I know, I know. Let me just tell you, sometimes crazy crap happens, and what are you going to do? That's all I can say. But here we are. It's corner to corner. We are live right now through c2cradioshow.com, spreaker.com slash corner to corner, and newattitudemedia.com. I'm Stan Grubb. My tag team partners joining me, as always, Rob Hefner. Wow! Hello! Hey, there's the broadcast. Well, hello there. <laughs> and the contrarian of all contrarians, the master of the ones and twos. That's right. Brian Taylor, what's up? Mm, I'm all confused now. I don't know what a contrarian is. Or how are you the masters of the one and twos? Yeah, I thought that was Rob. What about the threes and fours? Well, you do the threes and fours. He does the ones and twos, and I do the ABDs. And one, two, sixes. Right. Central Virginia education at its finest. One plus one is 11. Hoping that everybody... I like turtles. Um, hoping everybody had a good a good weekend and a good week. Um, there's a lot of different things happening. There's a lot of different things in the news. We got comic book announcements. We've got Loki just do, started last week. Yeah, we got comic book announcements. Uh, this ought to be good. Well, Rob was talking about Doctor Strange might be next on the hit list last week. Um, that was actually what I was talking about. I don't know why I said it this week since we already talked about it. Sorry, guys. I guess, I, guess I dropped the ball on that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, toy Ladies news. and gentlemen, that's 10 minutes in. 
<laughs> my no. my bad. No, no, no. That's six that's, minutes in. <laughs> the show has lost. They're gone off the rails. <laughs> uh, Todd McFarlane is coming out with some new Snyderverse uh, Justice League figures. As a matter of fact, I've seen... Brian, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen the Dark Side figure. It looks amazing. Okay. Yeah. Most, most time, McFarland does whatever is good, so it doesn't really matter, you know. Uh, you know, sometimes that's true, Rob, but sometimes not so much. Like, I really love the the Bat Who Laughs, but the Arrow figure I got, just because I'm a huge Arrow fan, of course I bought it. But honestly, it's not as cool as the others. Oh. I don't know. It just seems like he kind of did like a quick 3D print instead of all the other stuff that's got such cool detail. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's probably harder to do a real life figure than, say, a comic book figure. Yeah. Well, you know, one figure that gets kind of kind of dogged on is the uh, the Flashpoint Batman that's unmasked. But honestly, I think this one looks cool. Um and I got the uh, the Death Knight Superman where he's got the gray arm. I think that one looks awesome. Uh, that head sculpt sucks. It is a little weird. Like, the hair doesn't go with the body. Like, the mm. eyes, I'm, I'm okay with that. Kind of the, 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 the grimace on his face I get. But the hair does not go with the way his body is shaped. Yeah. Maybe I'm just I don't like enough. I'm not a fan of that wave. Oh, I do like the Wonder Woman, but uh, other than that, I don't much care for it. I don't think I've seen the Wonder Woman yet. Yeah. Oh, the Robin, the King Robin is kind of cool, too. Yes, yeah, the Robin King is cool. That will probably be my next one that I look for. Um, outside of Dark Side, I definitely want Dark Side. Um, oh, and I, I don't know if I sent you guys the picture. I think I did. The... TNT champion Cody figure arrived here at Casa de Grub. And Mm-mm. while it is a cool looking figure and the belt does look cool, my favorite part is the backstop. I'm going to send this to you right now because I wanted to show this to you yesterday and honestly I just forgot. I kind of caught up in other stuff. Let me send this to you. The backstop's my favorite and the way I got it laid out, I'm sending it to you now. I'm going to post this on the website. I know that there's some updates that need to be done on the site, folks. I promise you I will be working on that this week. It's been kind of a crazy few days around here, <clears throat> so getting things in order. Anyway, um, so I'll be putting this picture on the website. I will put uh, up the picture of the bat who laughs with the three Robins. The Marvel Legends 3.75 figures, the retros, might be my new favorite line. Like, I just I just like the way they look. And honestly, I didn't know. Brian, I don't know if you've unboxed any of yours, because I know you had said you had Captain Marvel. The um, the articulation on these figures is actually pretty slick. The wrist, not the wrist joint, but just above, like, on the forearm, actually rotates. Mm-hmm. Hmm. No, I hadn't taken mine out the pack, so I uh, will probably leave it in there. You know, whenever we start to do, like, YouTube, we should just call our channel Toy Toy Snobs. Because <laughs> every time I talk about, <laughs> you know, the, the fascination that it is, the figure collection, 
I'm such a snob about it. Oh, the, the paint drop's awful. The, the hair doesn't match the body. I, I was just hearing myself as I said that. I'm like, God, I'm like such a schmuck. Well, you know, there's some that's like, we got to let it breathe. I guess ours would be, don't let it breathe. Right, right. Leave it in the Leave box. Leave it in its package. Leave it contained. Yeah, yeah but weren't you just kind of excited about it? How, Absolutely. I don't know. I'm, Absolutely. I'm not following the snub. No, I like it. I do like it. I think a lot of people have written kind of dogged it down they just didn't like the way i think kind of what you described like the head sculpt but i like it overall the hair is a little weird but it's just funny because you know i read a lot of the uh we're members of a lot of the same groups but i read a lot of the reviews like when these new figures come out and people really dog them down but the funniest part is when they try to mix and match the parts like i've I've seen the the Superman 1000, the Action Comics 1000 Superman, and they take that head and they put it on the uh, the Death Knight Superman. Well, I mean, some of them just look better. And I've seen the Green Lantern, that's um, <clears throat> the Hal Jordan, but I think that's a Mattel figure. And people have taken the Flashpoint Batman's unmasked head and put that on there instead like it's interesting just to see people's ideas well I mean you know again it's just trying to make it look as accurate as you can I guess mm-hmm. I mean I don't but I've seen some of these people convert figures into amazing looking figures by swapping that stuff around. Well, some of the coolest, uh, like, custom jobs I've seen lately have been people that have taken, I guess they use 3D printers for, like, the LJN customs. Like, I saw one that was a, a, a Mr. Perfect LJN, and it was amazing. It was, like, spot wow. on. It was really good. I haven't yeah. seen those. I mean, I remember as a kid, I used to, like, take the screw out of the back of the G.I. Joes, and I would mix up their arms and legs. Yeah, yeah, I remember doing that. Now, did you ever have to, um, when when their rubber band would snap from being played with too much, did you ever have to, like, uh, take them apart and rewrap a new rubber band on there? I could never figure it out. My dad could do it. My dad could take it in the basement, and he'd be like, I'll be right back. And the next thing I know, he's like, here you go. And I'm like, woo! And I'd do it, it'd be like the legs all dangly. <laughs> the worst ones, the worst ones is when you couldn't find, like, a regular rubber band. And you ultimately had to be like, oh, okay, which G.I. Joe don't I like? <laughs> he had to sacrifice one to put a new band yep. in. <laughs> I think my dad said, it, like, it turned out it wasn't, like, a rubber band. It was just, like, a giant washer. You it's know? an overing. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's, like, a, it's a, a hard rubber O-ring. But I would tell you this. I had one that was, I called him the store brand G.I. Joe. I don't know where I got him. I guess James Way or that shows you how long ago it was, or AIDS department store or somewhere. Oof, we AIDS, tied him geez. to a bottle rocket. And we shot the bottle rocket. It went up, went boom, and that dude came back in one piece. Like, not even a bottle rocket's going to blow him up. Well, that's because they use that hard, probably, uh, asbestos paint 
<laughs> that's made him even more even more solid. You can't melt this plastic. <laughs> Cancer causing. You're right. You can't play with that. You play with the figure, touch your eyeballs, all of a sudden you're bron- blind. Ah, oh, boy. What are we going to do, man? So but that was fun. Yeah, yeah. So we were, we were going to talk about um, actually a topic that, that Brian brought up this past week, talking about WrestleMania memories. We definitely are going to get into that. But, Rob, you actually just went to the movies the other day. How was that experience, man? How was that experience going back to the movies? It was actually really fun. I mean, of all six people in the movie theater, <laughs> but um, we went and saw Quiet Place 2, the new John Krasinski and Emily Blunt movie. And I won't spoil anything, but I will say that it's more intense than it was the first one. And... It's like they continued filming. You know how when sometimes you can tell when they film part two, it's like, all right, time, time's passed, you know? But it's one of those that feels like they shot half of the the, old, the new movie at the same time they did it. But just being in the environment of the movie theater, having my bucket of popcorn, being able to sit out in public, it was just fun. Like, it was like, holy crap, here I am. And contrary to what many people believe, the candy in the snack bar has been restocked. It's not the same stuff from a year and a half ago. Ew. <laughs> but I will say the downside for me is the local Regal Cinema has gone with a partnership of Pepsi. Oh, well, Rob's not going back. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> you done lost Rob's business. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back home where I can buy my own Cokes. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring my own Cokes in my purse. <laughs> so, Quiet Place 2, the last I read about that, um, they actually did film, finish filming that towards the latter part of 19. And its release date was actually supposed to be March of 20. And that was one of the first movies that said, you know what, nope, we're not going to do it. We're not. It's not the right time. They decided not to bring the movie out. Um, and then Fast 9 followed suit, of course. Fast 9 in the movies, I uh, believe it's starting on the 25th, which is uh, next Friday or Friday after. Um, but Fast 9, by the way, already getting horrible reviews. <laughs> Poor John well, Cena can't buy a hit movie. the one that kind of shut the theaters down again. You know, when they sat right. and bond, when they were like, <clears throat> when those places were like, no, no, no. Movie theaters like, well, hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Black Widow is due to come out. Uh, Brian, when does Black Widow come out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. July something. Okay, all right. So that's next month. Um, and then we got Doctor Strange 2, Multiverse of Madness. And as the story continues to come out, the No Way Home for Spider-Man. Um, they keep trolling. A lot of the fans about uh, when they're going to drop a trailer, but it is it is anxiously awaited to find out what they're really who's doing what and how because there's so many rumors out there. The original Green Goblin we talked about that last week, but there's also a rumor now that because of how they filmed this movie, or I guess how they're filming it, the movie takes place before Spider-Man Three in the Sam Raimi. Universe. So in Tobey Maguire, where he gets to be Venom, 
it takes place before that for him. So James Franco's character, Harry Osborne, it is Harry, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Harry. His character apparently is still alive. So there's a rumor now going around that he might be in this upcoming movie as well. Uh, and it was met with much excitement. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I will say, you know, when they had the previews at the movies? Yeah. They had these previews for these little movies coming up. And all of a sudden, Disney and Marvel Studios did theirs. And they basically said, here, hold my beer. <laughs> like, like, coming to the movie theater in, in, in July, da da da. And then, then all of a sudden, it's like, you hear the voice of, like, of Stan Lee. It's family. We missed you. And it's like, boom, here's everything coming out in the next year and a half. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? (laughs) Of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushie is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like, uh, we have everything. Shanghai, Doctor Strange. Oh, by the way, we're gonna do this and this and this. Yeah, Marvel has like no fear of anybody. They're like, no, we're just gonna come out with our whole library. How about that? Enjoy. That's just that's just the the Disney the pockets. Disney's like. You thought we were going away, did you? So, right now, live, it's uh, Kushida and Blake Christian. I don't know what he's going by now, but Blake Christian from Impact on uh, NXT. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly watching on the sideline. So, if you're listening while it's on, of course, you're probably tired of hearing their their boring broadcast voices. You want to hear ours, because we're awesome. That's what we do. Yeah, turn down their stuff. Yeah, yeah. Have so, any of you all watched the uh, Hidden Treasures? Hidden Treasures, Hidden Treasures. That's the, the WWE uh, show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've watched a few episodes. Like, I, I'm not up to date on it. I know there's been quite a few. Um, I think the last one I saw was uh, Booker T's. So, I've seen through his. Okay. I watched up to the like the, the most recent one where they go looking for Andre stuff. I haven't watched, but I'll tell you. Jimmy Hart is old. <laughs> yeah, some of these guys have. Uh, well, I mean, you got to figure Jimmy Hart when he started uh, late sixties, early seventies. But like, you know how his pictures—if you get a video, a photo of him from the front—his hair looks like you know good. But they had a scene in one of these where he was looking in a box, and you can tell most of that front is off, just front. Yeah, yeah, the um, the unfortunate thing is if you look at the the pictures it's all like it's combed back. It looks great when it's combed like that. <laughs> yeah. And then the last episode I watched this was Greg Hammer Valent Greg Valentine and, and Brutus Beefcake went out looking for stuff. 
and Brutus. Holy goodness. Woo. I mean, I'm no spring chicken or don't look any way like I used to, but woo. Get out. You look like you're 20 still. I mean, here's the thing. I am a certain size. I would not wear those spandexy shirts because really I'm a certain size. Damn, Brian, I set up a nice little jab moment, and you, you, you didn't didn't take it in mm-hmm. there. Too, too easy? Mm, He's not paying no. attention to us. He's watching something else. <laughs> He's ignoring us. You guys are ass wipes. <laughs> okay. Well, no problem. I, you know, people get mad when you take jabs sometimes. So That's true. I let you gotta, go. Got to be gentle. Got to be gentle. Go gently into that good night. That's not how that goes. All right, I suck at that. Sorry. I tried. I tried. So, uh, Brian, you mm-hmm. brought to us your topic of the week, and I really dig it. I like the idea. And, folks, this is kind of a, we'll call it a round-robin discussion. It is not a list. It is not a ranking. Just a cool conversation about our, whether it's favorite or most infamous, WrestleMania kind of moments. Memories, I believe is how you worded it. That we have. So, Brian, if if you don't mind, why don't you? I do mind. Oh damn! Never mind. It's over. Everybody have a great night. That was singling singling me out. What? I'm I'm not singling you. Well, come on, you're the man. And honestly, I want to make sure we do this to proper justice because I really dug the idea. Talk about. So then you start. Okay. Well, I'll try to lay the scene and you interject. Can we do that? Is that, I'm no? not interjecting. People He's not interjecting. When I interject too. <laughs> He's not. All right, well, all right, Rob, I guess it's just you and me, buddy. <laughs> so, WrestleMania is, in, in most cases, there you go. WrestleMania sometimes can be the most headache filled card because it takes seven hours that they broadcast. Uh, or it can be one of those times like at WrestleMania 18 where you're on the edge of your seat from the beginning to end. Or WrestleMania 17, sorry. I get it confused. Um, tons of memories, tons of different things that happen, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. Um, you know, some people would say the worst memory that they have of WrestleMania is Baron Corbin being beating Kurt Angle. Other people would say the best memory they have is Daniel Bryan winning the title and the best underdog story in, in, in the history of wrestling. Who knows? But we all have... Yeah, everybody saw it coming, but that's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, they did lay it out for like a year and a half. But hey, all fans say I'm a long story. The uh, Daniel Bryan road to the title. Oh. At, least in his, at least in his story, though, it was a good story. It did go a little long, though. But it was a good story. So that's the topic of discussion this week is WrestleMania memories. Not necessarily always great ones or bad ones, just just memories that that stick with us. So in a roundtable fashion, that's what we're going to talk about. And, uh, you know, okay, I'll start it off. One of the first memories I have of WrestleMania, we'll start it that way. One of the first WrestleMania memories I have is WrestleMania five, the Rockers against the Twin Towers. Now, on the surface, I mean... The Rockers, of course, my favorite tag team from when I was a kid. But I didn't really know a lot about the Big Boss Man, or a.k.a. Big Bubba Rogers. 
or the one-man gang, a.k.a. Akeem. But what they did during their match was really just, it was fast. And for guys the size of, of Boss Man and Akeem, it was just unheard of back then. Plus, it kind of gave you that, at the end of the match, even though the Rockers don't come away the winners, it was like, man, this this team has really something special. And that was towards the beginning of their, their initial run with WWF at the time. I don't America. remember that match. Really? Mm-mm. It is a, a nice little hidden gem. Um, Peacock has done a good job of putting all the WrestleManias on there. And for those that have talked about it, might as well mention this. No, Peacock is not editing the piss out of everything. ECW they, is in their entirety right now. Are they editing anything? Music. Music. Unlicensed music. So, for example, the Sandman, Metallica, yeah, mm-hmm. it's dubbed over. But I don't mind that as much as I do mind, and I can understand why some fans would get upset about if they completely edited out, for example, the Kimona Wanalea segments. That was a, it's not historic in the sense of, wow, we could have never lived without it, but that was, what, that was like an embodiment of what ECW was about, pushing the envelope. So if you were to edit that out, it's like, well, damn. That takes away from that. Or if they were to edit out, um, some people may might not agree with this, Bubba Dudley's you know, rants that he used to do to, to rile up the fans where he called people mentally challenged. We'll word it that way. So wrestling it over the course of history has changed so much that I think people forget that you have to preserve some of these things, even though you don't necessarily like it, it's still something worth preserving at least to recognize some parts. Maybe you kind of, like I said, the licensed music and things like that, and maybe some of the language you you bleep, but outside of that, honestly, I, I haven't seen Peacock really do anything damaging to any of the historical stuff. But why would you bleep it? It's a pay site. Ah, that's a good question. I, I really don't know a good answer to that, honestly. I think that um I think Peacock is probably because it's an NBC product and NBC is so stupidly protective over their their IP that that's probably where that stems from. But I do agree with you that it's a dumb thing to do. Because you're already having people pay to access your stuff. So the people that are watching, let's be honest, they know what they're looking for. You know, it's not like they're going, oh, God, what's ECW? No, these are either going to be your hardcore fans that are like, this was back when wrestling was cool. So, yeah, I agree with you, Brian. That's the first, I think, isn't it? Ah, come on, man. I don't, I agree with you at least once every six months. <laughs> Whether I like it or not. <laughs> uh, so he knows he agrees or not. <laughs> so Brian, you said you've never seen the Rockers versus Twin Towers at WrestleMania no, Five. I don't remember that. I, I oh, okay. I've never seen it. I don't Got remember. It. Okay. I mean, that, that again, was before. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. No, sorry. I was just gonna say. I mean, I have the first. 12 WrestleManias, you know, so I've seen it. I just don't remember. You have them on well, VHS, don't more, you? 
more like 30, the first 30. But I have the first 12 on VHS. Man. That was that was how I got my wrestling education was VHS tapes. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you could see All-American Wrestling, Primetime, Spotlight, Challenge, Superstars. I'm sure I'm missing a few. Um, and, of course, Power Hour Worldwide Pro for the WCW stuff. But when it came to the big events, I mean, back then, a pay-per-view, even though I think it was only 20 bucks, maybe 30 bucks, um, it seemed like it was ridiculously expensive, at least to my parents. So if a pay-per-view happened, I would catch it six months later when it hit the hit Errol's video. Yeah, what oh, was yeah. the one here, uh, Rob? What was the one in Culpepper? We had CMP video. Yeah, I think that's Video a... Den. Oh, wow, Video See, Den. Video Den was the first. I remember walking in, just becoming a wrestling fan, and over on the television was, I mean, I'd watched this and that on TV and everything, and I'd seen WrestleMania too, but, like, turning over and seeing WrestleMania three on the television... Like, they're playing the tape, and I was freaking out. And my mom was like, she went over and snatched it right out of the team. <laughs> like, we'll take this home. Uh, and, I mean, that's like one of my first WrestleMania memories. It's like, obviously, you remember Bundy and Hogan in the cage. Because the blue cage, and like, as a wrestling fan, you grew up with, you know, the steel cage matches you see with the regular cages. But then that bright blue cage mm-hmm. was just like what is this and then um but every time i think of like wrestlemania moments i remember savage and steamboat steamboat wearing those white tights coming back and savage in his regular tights and then just that match of like he couldn't breathe he's barely here and as a young fan going oh my god how did he do it Yeah, when I think about early WWF memories, I'll always remember when Hulk Hogan got jumped on Brother Love, on the Brother Love show by Earthquake. Got his got his ribs crushed. So, oh, yeah. Brian, what what is your like your earliest WrestleMania memory? Earliest? Yeah, like the one that when you think of if, if you have to think back, like what's that one that pops out like the first and the earliest kind of thing? Mm. Let me think here. I'm trying to think what would be like the biggest earliest for me. Um, I don't know. I, I guess the, I mean, I remember, I know I saw one and two. I think I saw one shortly thereafter, uh, you know, on video. Cause back then the videos came pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So you might've waited a month or two. Um, but the pageantry of three, um, you know, with the the carts or whatever you want to call them from the. Oh, uh, yeah. The ones that put them back and forth. Yeah, in the from ring. the entrance to the ring, you know, the the sheer size of the stadium. Gladys uh, Knight. Yeah. I, it, to, it, to me, it, and it was, uh, you know. 
outside. I wasn't outside. I mean, but it was just so. Was I guess it dome. was outside. But it, I guess the dome was open, maybe, because it was just so bright. Yeah. Right. And smoke filled. Um, you remember how much smoke was in there? Yeah. Um. The the sheer, what ninety three thousand people or whatever the total was sounds like. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was a fan before then, but that was without a doubt the first true um, epic, I guess, moment that I can, I think I can remember. Because again, you, it, it's just one of them things, and you've never, you haven't really seen it after. Mm-hmm. You know, they've tried to do it after, but nothing to me, nothing compares as far as like. To me, WrestleMania three is always going to be WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think they came close with WrestleMania six, you know, in the Toronto Skydome, but mm-hmm. still it's that pageantry, it's that oh my god, we're watching something new, you know? And it was it's just as, as, as Brian said, it's something you remember forever, and that's what WrestleMania is, you know? And that's why I guess kind of the last couple of years it's been kind of like a letdown when you're like, WrestleMania, WrestleMania. You know? Because mm-hmm. like, as a kid, you're like, WrestleMania! And it's like, oh no, it's just Raw on Sunday. Yeah, and I, I, I would venture to say that three was probably my first. I know it was definitely the first WWE pay-per-view watched live uh, because by that time um, I think Mike had was getting them for free or something because there was something you you could do with the cable box that the <laughs> cable man was nice yeah. enough to do and yep. you know like add the, add the little thing in there or whatever and I want to say that was that might have been the first pay-per-view like ever, I mean, I might have seen a W or WCW NWA one, mm-hmm. but I I don't I don't recall. Um, my I think that was my first. My first NWA was Starcade '86, Night of the Skywalkers, and it was then it was the War uh, Great American Bash, where Dusty took Ric Flair in the cage. But, like, to me, NWA was always dark. You know, like, they did the whole lights mm-hmm. out everywhere. And then it's like, you go to WrestleMania, like, WrestleMania 3, and it's so bright, like Brian said. You're like, what? Isn't it? Like, this is just so different. So, I mean, but, like, like, Brian, like, that's the first one I remember seeing on tape. And then after that, I think I got all the way through 7 or 8, I would watch on pay-per-view and that was also with Royal Rumble and sitting down like a little kid with snacks like waiting for the countdown thing to be like the pay-per-view starts the Royal Rumble will begin in five four you know like ah! yeah I I remember um, my dad was was such a he, he was very picky he always picked on me because I was a Hulkamaniac I was a huge Hogan fan and I was going through it and, and, and enjoying it. And he would come in and goes, ah, that's that fake stuff. You don't want to watch that. And then 
you know, 30 minutes later, he'd come in and sit down and watch and go, wow, that's cool. Like, so my dad was always a trip with that. I remember seeing WrestleMania five, but I was one of those kids that you had to go back and watch the, the first one all the way through. Like WrestleMania four, I watched on VHS. Like I didn't watch that on pay-per-view, but I think WrestleMania four was the actual, no WrestleMania three was the first one that was on closed circuit and pay-per-view. Well, it's also four and five are the first ones to be in the same place. Yeah, uh, Trump Plaza. Yeah. Because I, I would think as a kid, like, I, last thing I'd want to have to do coming out of that ring is walk up them damn steps. <laughs> do, you mem- do you remember watching Hulk Hogan come down during the finals of WrestleMania four, and just feeling like the place come unglued? As as he's just walking to the ring to to obviously be in the corner for the Macho Man. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember it, and I I remember even as a fan, like even as a fan that little, like, what was he doing there? You know, mm-hmm. like it was cool to see Hogan, but it was kind of like what. Why? Why is Hogan here? You know. But then also, as the little kids are like, he's the hero. <laughs> yeah. Well, not according to Jesse Ventura, though. Well, I mean, I remember watching the Saturday Night's main event, or was it the main event? I don't think it was Saturday Night's main event. Wasn't it the main event that they did it on Friday or Sunday or whatever, where he lost the belt to Andre? And then Andre gave it to Ted DiBiase to set up WrestleMania for. Mm-hmm. And just standing in disbelief, like all that was uh, the the infinite infamous Hebner debacle. Yeah. One of the best storylines in wrestling. I'll give you that. Because a lot of people, I guess, probably didn't realize he had a twin. I know I didn't. One was <laughs> one was in NWA. Yeah. And the other was WWE or WWF. It's so funny because I, I remember now most of my NWA WCW experience, I've, ta- I've talked about it before, all comes after WrestleMania 6 because I basically started there with WCW and went backwards. And then went forward with it. But I remember seeing, you know, the, the main event. And I remember seeing the, the twin thing. And I remember thinking, man, that's crazy. How do you do that? And then years later, seeing Dave Hebner. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> that's Ric Flair. He's not supposed to be here, Ric Flair. What the hell's going on here? Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, if I remember right, if you were to go back and watch... Uh, the Saturday evening show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, probably any of them. Um, I guess what Earl, I think, mm-hmm. was NWA and Dave was WWE or WWF. And, uh, yeah, you could see them all, all the way up to, uh, like, right before this happened. You could see them um, being a ref. It's one of those that one of those one of those storylines that 
they've tried so hard to duplicate it, you know, with like the twin magic and all that, but it's just, there's nothing beats that first one. Yeah, but I don't, I, I mean, I don't think twin magic, uh, to me, they're like, there's, you can tell there's a difference. Their body shapes are different. Their faces are slightly different. I mean, whereas with the Hebners, you couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. You know, you legit couldn't tell the difference. Um, and that's why, to me, that it was such a great um, angle. Because, like, you legit couldn't tell. Like, if you if you tried it with Bree and Nikki, right? Right. As, as referees, there's no way you would fall for it. Right, right, because there's just obvious, like, you know who they are. Right. But with them two, even, I mean, it was almost like, hey, what's this ref doing on this show? Mm-hmm. What's that ref doing on the other? And then you just kind of let it go. Because you never once would have thought, that they would pull something crazy like that. And sure enough, they pull something crazy and you're like, Oh, (laughs) that's crazy. Let me give you fans that are, that are maybe a little bit newer to the professional wrestling world, a little context here. So Earl Hebner, obviously you know him as you screwed Brett. I got that. However, if you go to Wikipedia, this is how confusing this gets. Now we remember, hold on. Which one was WWF? Earl or Dave? That's what I was just getting to. When you go to Wikipedia and you look up Dave Hebner, all it shows is his WWF career. He was the referee that was locked in a closet, whereas Earl, who had previously officiated contests for Jim Crockett, including the famous I Quit match between Blanchard and Magnum TA, and the first ever War Games match in 1987, and the final match of the Bunkhouse Stampede in 1988. I'll be honest with you, I always, always thought it was the other way around. So did I. I I just said it earlier. Yeah, yeah. I thought Dave was WWF and Earl was... Yeah, we all just said it. (laughs) So I I went ahead and pulled it up on Wikipedia. I was like, all right, I got to see it. So I pulled up Dave, and the only thing it shows is WWF. I'm like, wait a minute, that's not right. But sure enough, Earl Hebner from 1977 to 1988 was in Jim Crockett Promotions. Wow, that's crazy. We would yeah, have I, never I, I known that if we hadn't had, had this show. Yeah. Look at this. Look at us. Look at us educating the wrestling world. Look at us learning. <laughs> Look at us learning cool stuff. Believe in Wikipedia. How do we know Earl didn't go in there and change it? <laughs> well, that's a great, great question, Rob. Let's uh, look at the edits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't look at them anymore, damn it. You used to be able to always look through and see who's edited different things. Earl edited Dave's. Dave edited Earl's. Go to hell. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Earl Hebner is also part of GXW's Hall of Fame from 2016. Mm-hmm. As is Dave. Didn't know that. Getting back to WrestleMania, Brian, you mentioned the carts. They only used the carts for like a few years. If I remember, it's four, no, three, three, six, 
it did they they didn't use it for seven or eight. So just three and six that I can recall. Anywhere like a stadium that they had that they were like, you know, so big. Uh, I don't think on all of them. I think some of them there was actually a walk or a run. Yeah, I mean, the later ones you get the walk. And like, remember when they did the Coliseum in Las Vegas and they brought them in on whatever and they had the whole toga party and all that. Yeah, WrestleMania but, uh, 9. Like, um, but yeah, because I remember watching the Ultimate Warrior biography the other night, and they were and Hogan said we should have known something when everybody was watching me leave on the cart, and nobody was watching him with the belt in the ring. Uh, you know that I gotta call bullshit. Hogan and his revisionist history cracks me up. Did you watch? You watched the Macho Man bio, right? I have not watched it yet. No. Okay. Um, let me lay this out. So Hulk Hogan has always said in multiple interviews that Ricky Steamboat and Randy Savage never wanted to upstage him. Obviously, they wanted to have the best match they could have, but they didn't want they didn't want to steal the show. In the biography, in the in the trailer, so I'm not giving you a spoiler here. Um, in the trailer, Ricky Steamboat says. We wanted to steal the show. So, the Ultimate Warrior bios, both Dark Side of the Ring, which I have to say that I thought they were really fair. Really fair with the Warrior and how he was. Um, and honestly, they gave kind of a dynamic on him. And I think we will, we'll probably end up dedicating an entire show to Dark Side of the Ring here soon. But I thought they were really fair with it. But what they described was how basically the Warrior was doing all of these things because of his relationship with Vince McMahon. And then Hogan comes in and in the WWE produced A&E biography and really just changes it up. It's almost like he continues his same narrative that he had from the, uh, the self-destruction of the ultimate warrior DVD. Yeah. yeah but, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go uh, ahead, Rob. I don't have anything. You were talking. Go ahead, Rob. I can't remember it now, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I always figure that Hogan just is is consistently out there to bury the warrior. That's how I feel. Because every time he talks, he's like, he finds a way to put him down. But everybody should, honestly. I mean, it's not like this guy was some saint or anything. Right, right. And, And, I mean, it's been... More than would you say covered up some of the stuff that he said and did towards a lot of that crap that he did in his post retirement, I guess, career where he did his political speeches and you know that I, stuff I was insane. I don't think it was covered up. I just don't think. Whereas in today's society or today's uh, social outlets, you would mm-hmm. know what a what a uh, 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 the type of person he was. Yep. You know well, what I'm also, saying? Yeah, and I think also if you look at the, the biography that when they talked about how when he got big, you know, like if you looked 
at every stage of the bio, he did what he wanted. Like he did what was best for him every time. You know, like he didn't think of, hey, like this is thing. Like this is like, what are we gonna do here? He's like, um, I'm going this way. And granted, yes, it's because Jim Crockett was like, we want Sting, not you. Um, but, <laughs> but like, if you looked at, like, when he got the belt, when he came to WWE, it was like this and that and this and that. And then, then the rare outtakes they did of that video apology was just unreal that they actually let that be seen. You know, oh, yeah. Vince is like, you're doing this apology. And he's like, I think it's bullshit. I didn't do anything wrong. Right, right. I don't even you remember know, this kid. Right. And then when he got the belt, and then he played the, I guess we can't call it the Ryback card. I guess we have to call it the Warrior card. That I'm not coming back until you pay me what Hogan makes plus a dollar or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and that's um, and that's why that's why I said, honestly, because it, it's such a rabbit hole to go down. Um you know, when you really, especially the Ultimate Warrior, and you talk about, like, the, the dark side of the ring versus the A&E and how they meet in the middle, both of them, I felt like dark side of the ring was more than fair with him. And for for Dana, his wife, um, to call it, like, what did she call it, smut or whatever, I, I, felt, I thought that was unfair because I feel like they were more than fair to this guy's career. They could have definitely painted him as a huge asshole. To, to putting it bluntly, they really could have, but I thought they were fair. Yeah, but I mean, you're talking this is a loved one. Yeah, yeah, of course. Who, you know, probably in her mind, just like his mind, mm-hmm. you know, he wanted to he wanted to go down as the ultimate, whatever. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? He did, he didn't want the world to know about all this backstage shit. Yeah. Well, and also, she's got to look at the legacy, you know, because he was such a part of their life, and his legacy is going to help, not to be blunt, but his legacy and what his legacy is going to be as he's passed on is going to help pay the bills. And if people bury him, then she's got to come out and be like, no, 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 because if she doesn't, then people will be like, oh, it must be true. You know what I mean? And that's not going to help her when she's trying to sell warrior stuff or the warrior award or things like that as they go on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's... let's... I'm assuming that would... uh, Dana, that was the second wife, right? Yes. Yeah. Third. Um, third. I think it was the third. Because I don't remember... Oh, that's right. He got... Dark Side of the Ring. Yeah, Miss Tyree is the second wife. You're right, Rob, because he got married young as a teen and divorced, like right out of school, right out of high school. And then uh, I don't remember her first name, so Miss Miss Tyree is her name now. Um, but she was his second wife. Who I like, I said, I mean, and and I I know we've gotten off the beaten path, but I felt like they were really just it was a good chronology of his life. In that regard, but it definitely paints a different picture of him. I don't know if it paints him as a hero or a villain, but it definitely gives a different picture. 
I don't. I mean, the, for the ones that have heard the stories, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it paints yeah. him anything but what he was. Yeah, I could see and that. Again, he's not. He's not the only one. I mean, there's plenty of wrestlers who, in their career, have always put themselves before the business when ultimately the business should come first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because they really could have made a boatload of money. Like if he hadn't have put himself first and in the long run, he would have been, he would, he would have made the money Hogan was making. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, he may not have ever gotten the money like Hogan got from movies and stuff like that, but uh, the reason for the title change is because Hogan's on the way out. Right. The Warriors, the future. Well, that future lasted all of, what, two, three months? Yeah, because then he had to drop it. He dropped it to Sergeant Slaughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, according to Dark Side of the Ring, Jake was next. Oof. That was the... I never knew that. I've never heard that story before. So when that came out, when Jake starts talking about it, I was like, wait, what? We could have seen a Jake Roberts title run? Dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you look at the bios when you're talking like like Brian, Brian's talking about, I mean, if you, if you watch the Shawn Michaels one, I mean, Shawn Michaels kind of had the same thing going on. He got to that point where he was, they didn't shy away from the drug use. Right. You know, he didn't shy away from the drug use aspect of it. And he didn't, he didn't shy away from, I was a prick. You know, he's like, I was all about me. It's like, what's best for me, you know? And, and it was kind of that way. Like, wow. All right. And you kind of, it kind of builds. It, it built through the through the thing, you know, and then as it, the, the, they took the turn of the Christianity and him realizing and getting sober and all that, it kind of came around. But it was like that same thing, like the ego driven. I'm the best. You can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing difference was there wasn't a bunch of Marines that beat the warrior's ass in a bar, you know, like <laughs> Well, and that, that's dependent on who you ask, because apparently that's not how Michael's got his ass with. <laughs> yeah, but... Wasn't it Marty Gennetti? So, so there's a lot of conflicting reports out there, out there, but that's the rumors that it was Gennetti and some other dudes. That basically Michael's was in a bar, and he's like, yeah, F you, you little loser, basically. The story goes like he was just in a bar, he was drunk, and he was running them down. So a little bit later, Marty comes back with a couple of friends, unnamed. I cannot find any names of people that he was with. But the rumor is that Marty just beat the piss out of him with his buddies. Well, I mean, you could tell that there's still, during that one, you could tell there's still feelings there. Yeah. Because, like, when Marty was talking about the good old days, you know, he's talking about, you know, and, that, and man, he is rough. But, yeah. um but then when he they go to the breakup, Marty's whole demeanor in the video mm-hmm. was like, he went from instantly, yeah, that was my buddy, that was the guy I traveled with, that's the guy we sh- I showed the ropes to F him. Right, right. You know? 
to me though the difference though is so like again because a lot of times you hear these stories about sean like when Mm -hmm. they happen right right so you know right off the bat what a prick he is whereas the warrior you know sean doesn't hide it either right no he never did as a matter of fact right yeah he i mean he never once tried to be anything other than sean michaels right but with the warrior i mean he was a prick under the guise of you know i I was the i'm a champion of the cause for Mm. you know the, the ultimate good guy you know and then you find out again that you know Oh my God! You held up Vince McMahon for for money, you know, and <laughs> when you could have made more money than you could have ever dreamed of. Right. I mean, you literally were that in, you know, so much of your head up your own butt that you know you did that to yourself and the company. Yeah. Um, you, know. you wrote Vince a letter, <laughs> and then Vince answered you and said, "Letter." <laughs> that, that's awesome. You're a legend in your own mind. Yeah, that's that yeah. was brutal. Yeah, I, I, the I mean, fact and that Vince, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying the fact that Vince got him to do the pay per view, and then pulled the hoodoo with walks through the curtain. Here's your letter. Go fuck yourself. Right, right. Yeah, he he just like you're fired, mother effer. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, and mean, it's that, not like there ain't proof of this letter, too, because what right. Cornette has it done. Didn't it say Cornette had it? Cornette had it. And it, it I mean, both both documentaries read it, like, in, in its entirety. That was the well, craziest part. The, yeah. The A&E had it on there. It was like, you are you're to go home for no less than 90 days. Yeah. Like, like, you're not only gone, but we don't want at least 90 days away. You know, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I have no clue why he, you know, he kept Michaels around, but he must have seen something in him, or Michaels must have been willing to play the long game. You know, Michaels just a prick. He wasn't like trying to hold up Vince for money. I'm sure he probably did somewhere down the line, but <laughs> you know, oh, what I I'm guarantee. Saying? Well, no, there that's documented too because Michaels and Brett have that that fight in the back. Remember where uh, Brett yanks out a bunch of his hair. So, yeah. Sean goes back to Vince before Raw that night and says, I'm not going out there. This is not a safe work environment. And basically tells Vince, you need to pay me more if you don't give me the same deal you gave Brett. Which is why so many people hate Sean at that time. Because as soon as that, that news was public, which was crazy to me. But that news comes out, and, and Michaels even documents that in his books. Where he said, yeah, I wanted to get paid more because I didn't feel like I was protected. How crazy is that? Like, back in the day, even Hogan, who, I mean, we all know that he was a prick. But Hogan had to defend himself. Like, if Andre wanted to, Andre would have just broke him. Period. Like, there's there's not a question. But Shawn Michaels goes to, and I'm the biggest Shawn Michaels fan I know. But I would never be blind enough to say, oh, no, Shawn was completely innocent. Well, that, that also could be true, <laughs> but but I mean, because because Michaels was infamous for what he did. Just no, I'm not going out there. But Vince pays him. Vince pays him, and then years later, when Austin tries to do it, 
Because never mind that. It, let's go in right order. So Warrior does it in 91. Right? They take the belt off of him. No. They take Bar. the belt off him. Yeah, they take the belt off of him at Royal Rumble. At, at uh, WrestleMania, he beats Savage in the retirement match, which is his best match to date, uh, maybe in his career. Then he goes to SummerSlam, where he's in Hogan's corner as his tag partner. He holds Vince up for money, writes Vince the letter. Vince fires him as soon as he comes to the back. So, And that was done on the fly, which I think was ingenious. So they tell Warrior during the match, we want you to run Mustafa, who was the Iron Sheik, off with a chair. And as he comes back, because he was supposed to come back to the ring, when he comes back, um, Bruce Pritchard stops him and goes, hey, Vince wants to see you. Oh, okay. So he goes to see Vince, and Vince is like, you're fired, motherfucker. And he tells him to get out. So that's where he gets his letter. So chronologically then he comes back at wrestlemania 8 to save hogan does it again gets fired again comes back in 96 with his comic book and distrucity and i love by the way jim ross talking about that that was priceless um but then you know, Ho- I, I have that comic i had I it it's one two and three yeah it was it only like ends. Oh, yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't yeah. incredibly... The art was cool, but there was not really any good story there. Mm-hmm. I, I liked the art. That was about it. Um, well, he's... it was like, like... Like you were talking about, though. It was like... Did you hear, like, Slaughter during the A&E thing? Slaughter was talking about how Hogan came into the dressing room. It was like, here's our plan. Right, right. Just in case. He's like, he's going to run again. He's like, Slaughter... He's like, you and I are going to go out in the ring. And then... Shiki, Shiki Baby is going to get his hands on Warrior and break his leg. Yeah. What, what is it with Shiki breaking legs? Isn't that <laughs> yeah, just I was what like, he did? Get... <laughs> I was like, I'm like, Hogan's like, we're going to make sure this guy's done. You know, like, hold up. I have so I many questions. Hogan got his leg broke. He's like, we're going to break everybody's leg. That's, see, that's what I was thinking. Like, how many legs did the Sheik break? <laughs> but it just shows you. And then, like, he runs through the curtain, and like you said, he walks through. He's like, "Am I like nope? Okay, you're done." Yep, that's it. So that's three times the warrior holds him up. Then that's ninety six. So ninety seven, Sean holds him up. Ninety eight, no, yeah, ninety eight, Jarrett holds him up. So then you get to two thousand and one, where Steve Austin holds him up, and that's where he finally just says, "F it, I'm not paying anybody anymore." Yeah, but so if if you take the four, right? Yeah. yeah. And where they are on their career, mm-hmm. right? You've already made your money with Austin, right? You know what I'm saying? His 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 good years, his best years, his we're selling a million dollars worth of T-shirts every month. Years are behind them. Now I'm not saying he's still not a, a superstar, right? Right. But I mean, when 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 Austin three sixteen hit, and reportedly you're making a million dollars each month in T-shirt sales of his alone, and then by that time it's starting to wane because there have been a few other things that have happened. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> you 
know, so he he's on the back end of it, right? So you can almost afford to take that. You have to, you know, might be a tough call, but you could afford to play hardball with him. Mm-hmm. You you know what I'm saying? Jared, of course, you can play hardball with, and you're lucky Jared didn't hose you over uh, in the match um, against China. Against China when he was not under contract. Right. 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 So, but again, Jared of the four is the low man on the on the poop pole. So you can definitely afford to let him go. Yeah, that um, in in retrospect, looking at that, Brian, it always surprised me that he paid Jared. Well, yeah, but I I, I think he probably thought the potential was there. Mm-hmm. But then when you he wanted the library, it's <laughs> <laughs> possible. You never know. Um. Once you once you go to the double J glasses mm-hmm. and the strut that looks surprising like somebody's world champion and the blonde, you know, to me in the in the WWF he's cookie cutter, whereas you know where he was before that, not so much. You, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like one of the 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 big fish going to an even bigger pond. Right. You're not the big fish anymore. You're a much smaller fish. Um, it, you know, in my opinion. So, well, he's I mean, expendable too. It's I always thought of him as a B level Ric Flair. See, I didn't think I, before WWF. I liked him, but in WWF, he, you know, he becomes the cartoon like most of yeah. them did. Yeah, and you know that's where I, he lost it for me. But the other two. I mean, look at Michaels carries you through the Attitude Era, mm-hmm. and look at how much money you made off of them. Right. And the Ultimate Warrior could have carried you through another Golden Age, had he, you know, invested in the company instead of himself. So something tells me, even though Michaels was a prick, Michaels knew that, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pushing the company. Mm-hmm. And that's what ultimately probably separates the Warrior and Michaels. Well, and, and plus, I, I think you said it, Michaels also knew that as long as he had Vince's ear, he could get away with a certain extent of anything. You know what I mean? Like, he knew he had a certain level he could go to, but he also knew where to stop, whereas Warrior did not know because he was just like, nah, screw it, I'm going to... I'm going to write him a letter, which, you know, we, we look at that today and we're like, who, who does that? But back then, that was like faxes and letters. That was communication. That was how you did it. Mm-hmm. So it was a formal demand for payment, which, you know, that Rob said it really well. He said, you know, it's kind of a Ryback thing, which I kind of agree. That's kind of what Ryback tried to do and obviously failed. But it, it's one of those deals where thinking about it, and, and I want to get us towards WrestleMania, but when we look at it, if Warrior had done, let's just say half of what they wanted him to do, okay? If he had just said, all right, well, let's uh, let's do this thing with Jake. That keeps him as champion for at least another six months. Because you figure they change the title over maybe at Rumble or, or SummerSlam, right? So they finished out his feud with Rick Rude at SummerSlam, which was smart. <laughs> You get to Survivor Series, and maybe you, you start the run with Jake. You get to the Rumble, and you could even stretch it to the next year's Mania. Hogan could have still feuded with Slaughter. 
Yeah. But there wouldn't have been a payoff of the belt. Yeah, but yeah. that would have come down the line somewhere. Right, right. So, there's money on Hogan and Slaughter. Because, I mean, hey, even even if the mid-card, which we all know Hogan wouldn't have been at mid-card, but even if it was, Hogan's an American hero at this point. And Sergeant Slaughter's the most hated man in professional wrestling. The world. Right. So, between him and Jake Roberts, and the popularity the Ultimate Warrior still had at WrestleMania Seven, there's... The money that could have been made from that box office, I don't blame Vince for being like, yeah, he's got to go. Yeah, but, I mean, you could easily, Jake beats Warrior, right? Right. Right. Jake, you know, there's no doubt Jake in his prime could have carried the company as a heel. I mean, I don't think that's, (laughs) can be disputed, right? Right. Oh, yeah. Um, And he could have very easily carried you for... You know, six months, eight months, 12 months into the next WrestleMania and where Hogan comes in and, uh, you know, gets the title back. And I I think you could, especially with them two, you very easily could have created a program that became Mm -hmm. bigger than Hogan Macho, you know, that, that became bigger than Hogan, you know, whoever. Um, Jake was that special as a heel. And and it's a shame that he didn't get that title. Right. And I never knew until that, watching that Hidden Treasure show, is how Jake blames the honky-tonk for his drug problems. That when honky-tonk hit him with that guitar in, in the snake pit, it fractured vertebrae in his neck. Like when he hit him, like when he hit him, it, it hurt him, and that—that's when he started having to take the painkillers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And apparently, yeah, you know, I mean, obviously the honky tonk's like, how many? You know, apparently the honky tonk recently did a tweet or something like, how many people did I hit? How many non-drug addicts? Or whatever hits did I do or something. But it was just, I'd never heard that story before. There was a, a story or a rumor going around for a long time that Hogan would basically get his co-workers hooked on drugs so that when it came down to time to perform, <laughs> that they weren't up to the same level he was. So if Honky Tonk Man's in that same crew, which Hogan's the one that ultimately gives him the nod for that feud, that's feasible that, you know, back then, of course, they really used to lay into people, but it's feasible that that was not necessarily an accident. Mm, I'll skip that one. I mean, it's yeah, a stretch. It's it's a good stretch. Don't get me wrong. It's a stretch, but it's possible. I mean, I will not be partaking in the Hogan is a drug dealer conversation. Yeah, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we don't want to probably go down that road. So let, let's let's head back towards WrestleMania. We we spent a good amount of time on Ultimate Warrior, and I, and I think, like I said earlier, I think Dark Side of the Ring will definitely do a few episodes on that because there's especially this season just crazy episodes. Um, 
but uh, what about uh, Brian mentions WrestleMania three and the pageantry of it. Everybody has a favorite match, and, and so many people go, "Ah, oh, it's it's Steamboat and Savage." You know, do you have a least favorite WrestleMania match? One that you're like, "Oh, that's the absolute worst." Oh, I'm I'm sure if I actually sat down and like thought about it mm-hmm. and like had the match lineups in front of me, because mm-hmm. again, you're talking how many rest? What are we? What are we at WrestleMania wise right now? Thirty-seven. Uh, all right, so thirty-seven. So you're you're talking, you know, legit. Some of these things are five, six hours long. Oh yeah. You know, you're talking got hundreds of matches probably. Um, now, if you again, if you put something in my, down to where I could look at it and be like, "Yep, that's it right there. I remember that." Um, uh, you know, then I I think I could answer that. But I mean, there's just like so many. Uh, you know, for Different every ones, hit, yeah. there there's you know probably twice as many misses. Well, let's let's look at it from a different perspective then. With with WrestleMania, you know, you have these, especially in the early days, you have the undercard where you're like, Special Delivery Jones, why why is he on WrestleMania? But then you would see like, um, US Express, for example. Like in my early fandom, I never knew that Rotunda and Barry Windham weren't weren't just tag team partners, but WWF tag champs. Was there a guy or a team or even a girl that you watched that when it came to WrestleMania, you were like, man, why aren't they, why weren't they moved up further? Now, obviously we can go into recent memory and, and I'm not really looking towards that. I'm really talking more about kind of the past, kind of the early stages of mania. What do you mean by moved up? Like a guy that, that you saw at WrestleMania, like for me, it was Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. That was kind of like, oh, wow, they, I can't believe they didn't have a longer run or a better run. Was there a guy that, that back then that you thought, man, I can't believe they didn't make more out of this guy? Um, Are we just talking like people that appeared at WrestleMania? Yeah, people like- that, that maybe had a WrestleMania appearance and it was a one-off or maybe only two years. Like Warrior, if you look at it, Warrior had four, five, six, seven, eight, and twelve. He had six WrestleManias um, versus Barry Windham, who had WrestleMania one, WrestleMania thirteen. Because I don't think he had a role as the stalker, stalker or uh, the Widowmaker. But it always floored me that Barry Windham wasn't a bigger star in WWF. I mean, you kind of look at like the Iron Sheik. Like if we're looking at like WrestleMania moments, right? Right. Like when he like regulated to like the Battle Royal at WrestleMania one. You know, like we were talking about the Iron Sheik, but like the man who had just been your number one in your company mm-hmm. is now on the Battle Royal. That that's that's exactly the kind of thing I was thinking about. Like with the Iron Sheik, here's a guy that really is responsible for putting over Hulkamania at a time where if that doesn't happen, if Hulk Hogan's not put over and made to look like a million bucks, 
at that moment, what does he gain? Nothing. And Hulkamania doesn't doesn't take off. Yeah, but uh, I mean, at WrestleMania, everybody has a role to play, mm-hmm. right? And because it is their end end of the year, beginning of the new year type show, mm-hmm. you know, nine times out of ten, they try and fit everybody on the roster on that stupid show, right? And it and to me, it's it's you know, I, I it's not really the talent's fault that they didn't have a story to begin with and get put in a forgettable match or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you really have to, to to look at what WrestleMania is. It's a showcase mm-hmm. for everybody. You know, whether it's S.D. Jones or Rob's favorite Coco Beware or, you know, Barry Horowitz or, you know, whoever. You know, that one particular night, everybody, you know, not everybody, but the majority of the roster is going to get to be on WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's one of the things I liked back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, WrestleMania was something important, and everybody who was relevant in the company had something at WrestleMania. You know, because the, the undercard had a story. The main card had a story. Like, there was a story all the way down the card. It wasn't like, hey, last week we just decided to put these two people together and let's see what happens. Um, you know, everybody had their WrestleMania moment. And you knew for years somebody was going to always like, oh, WrestleMania's coming. Who's coming back to have the WrestleMania moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I agree with it. I just, you know, and I'm glad we're kind of staying out of, like, current day because I would say least favorite Wrestlemania moment is uh, all of them um, but <laughs> but yeah I mean and I think it's the pageantries of the Wrestlemania, of Wrestlemania you know the pageantry of what we saw and maybe we'll get back to that when we get into big arenas again and you know so who knows I feel like the the arenas having fans back, yes, that can help. It's going to have to be a whole paradigm shift um, as far as how they currently set it up. Because to Brian's point, the whole point of WrestleMania, <clears throat> especially in the early years, was the showcase, the the pageantry of uh, you, you mentioned Aretha Franklin, um, Vince, you know, over to over the top, welcoming everybody to WrestleMania, Little Richard. Tiny Tim, you know, and then it's Tiny Tim, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, freaking Alice Cooper. Uh, <laughs> Alice Cooper, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, Cindy Lauper, like the rock and wrestling connection. Like it, there was something behind it. And then as we go into the attitude era, again, there was something behind it. It was just an edge. It was a feel. That The reason I said we don't really need to get into the modern stuff is because, frankly, there's just not a feel to it. I think they just resort to the well. It's a spectacle, okay. And and to your point, Rob, a lot of them did have storylines, at least in a small part. And and to Brian's part, this was a payday for a majority of the roster. This is the one night of the year 
where a majority of the roster gets, I would say, rewarded for their work. Mm-hmm. I, like, I always was happy when they put a battle royal on, like, WrestleMania. Because it's like, you're seeing everybody. You know? But. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's the, the same. Now they're just throwing everybody on there to throw everybody on there. But Right, right. There's, there's no mysticism there's no um to me the pageantry's gone mm-hmm. i mean don't yeah. get me wrong i mean i i think they still are able to put some good stuff together from time to time but mm-hmm. uh, you know it's definitely not like it used to right i mean i don't think like and i guess the pandemic really had a hit it you know lately so it's just because like you lost that it's WrestleMania, you know, like mm-hmm. these last couple of years, it's just, you know, normally it doesn't matter what kind of wrestling fan you are. It doesn't, it wouldn't like, I know back in the day when Brian would get all the pay-per-views, you know, and maybe I wouldn't rewatch every week, but I'll be damn sure I was going to be there at WrestleMania day. Mm-hmm. You know, like we took time off. Like we, it was a cookout. I remember what, what, what WrestleMania was it that we watched all the previous WrestleManias the day of 2000 WrestleMania 2000, you know, we're like, we're going to watch all of our up until this. So like, by the time the new one came on, we're like, woo. You know? <laughs> um, but I mean, it's just, I'm hoping for that return. Like Brian said, you know, yes, current things going on, eh, but they have the ability to flip the switch at any moment and bring back the pageantry. You know, they can do it. And it's just like, I wonder like this year, if they'll, since they'll be in where they're going to be Rio de Janeiro or they're next year, or Hollywood this year, Hollywood. I mean, normally they do that. They bring the stars out in Hollywood. It's just, yeah, so. but I, I mean, it, I want the pageantry of WrestleMania three. I don't want the pageantry of, you know, five years ago when Rusev come out on the tanks mm-hmm. or right. whoever did it. That's that's not the pageantry I'm looking for. I want the 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 showcase. I want the pageantry. I want WrestleMania to mean something. Um, you want the talent to be on display, not celebrities and one-offs. Well, no, I see. I yeah, I don't. I hate the one-offs, but I can live with cele- the celebrities, right? But why do I need, you know, somebody that you haven't given any time in the previous year on Raw or SmackDown? Why do I need them to get a match at WrestleMania? just so you can extend it out to six hours. Right. I would much rather have a three-hour pay-per-view that has matches like The Undertaker versus AJ Styles mm-hmm. in a, a cinema match. Um, right. You know, matches that just mean something. Uh, what, what did we get this year? Was it Bray? Where was Bray and Randy? Bray and Randy was on night two. Oh, but it was a WrestleMania, right? Right, right. Okay, so Stupid, that but WrestleMania. 
Right, but now most of, I mean, tell one one standout from night one. Well, I Bian- think we can agree, Sasha and Bianca. Yeah, yeah, I was just right? about to say that. Yeah. Okay, your standout from night two is probably still Sasha and Bianca, and two nights of WrestleMania are mm-hmm. very forgettable because you did stupid stuff. It was exhausting. Um, both last year, last year wasn't as exhausting because there was the novelty of it. And I think a lot of us appreciated the fact that, Hey, look, they're making chicken salad out of chicken shit right now. You know, they they did their best. Again, so I can do without the pageantry. Give me quality Mm -hmm. matches. Mm -hmm. Again, there's nobody that can tell me just using Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Right. That that should have been a WrestleMania match. I'm not saying the two of them shouldn't have fought each other. I'm saying that particular match should have never graced WrestleMania. The two of them should have been allowed to go out there and do what they do because they're two of the best on your roster. Go out there and try and give me a five-star match. Mm-hmm. Give me a showcase of both your talents. And they probably could have pulled it off and should have been contenders for match of the match of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of us um, were expecting that to be one of the highlights of mm-hmm. WrestleMania weekend rather than being one of the lowlights where we were like, what the hell is this? Yes. But look what we got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the the whole... I mean, <laughs> you could go for hours about how many different ways they've just literally stuck it sideways to Bray Wyatt. You, you give them the Wyatt family. Freaking brilliant writing when they first put it together. You let them do a very, very uh, captivating way of capturing an audience's attention. And then you put him against John Cena and finally get fans to start to push on Cena. Like, you got to turn. You got to do something different. You know what I mean? Like, to push his character. And then after that, you just say, eh, we don't have anything for you right now. Seriously? You have an entire arena at WrestleMania 30 going ballistic for Bray Wyatt. Never mind it was Yeselmania, right? I, I, I got that. But that was that was one of those, like, it could have stolen, if it wasn't Daniel Bryan's night, like everybody figured it was going to be, that could have stolen WrestleMania, regardless of if he won or lost. Although I still think he should have won that match. Right. It's, it's astounding to me, the amount of time that gets spent, which is kind of why I, I, I wasn't really looking to go down the, the modern era, because I, I, to Brian's point, the modern era is more like, here, we're going to stuff everything in a shotgun and hope that it sticks kind of thing. Like, I just threw away a bunch of cliches, but you get my point. You know, they're just going to throw it all out there and go, okay, here you go. Here's 12 hours of WrestleMania. Enjoy. And then you got to decipher all this nonsense between black goo coming out of Alexa Bliss's hair and Roman Reigns stacking Edge and Daniel Bryan. By the way, we haven't seen Edge since. Daniel Bryan is gone. 
And now we're back. Hey, guess what we got back? We got Roman Reigns against the Usos. Yay. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Like, Ray is supposed to challenge Roman next at Hell in the Cell. Raise your hand if you think Ray's going to win. Put your damn hand down. You know it's not going to happen. Like, come on. But it, that that's when it will happen because uh, you're all on the We're going to be so mad. You're all on the hook. <laughs> right, exactly. Damn you, Vince. <laughs> what was it? It was Brian during the middle of a – I think it was a, during the middle of a WrestleMania where he was getting mad at Vince. <laughs> damn it, Vince. <laughs> because it's, I hate that. I mean, I no, I guess I can't say that, can I? I don't hate it. I like it because I like to be shocked. I like to be surprised. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, can you really call it a surprise when there's really? I mean, uh, like uh, you know, they fall short so many times. Well, I mean, realistically speaking. What, without and again, I, we could destroy modern WrestleManias for hours. When you look through WrestleMania, like was there a time where you were like, "Holy shit, I can't believe they did that!" Not in a bad way. I mean, like a, a positive surprise at WrestleMania. Yeah, when the Undertaker lost, I thought it was so fucking funny. Oh, sorry. There's, <laughs> we are tiptoeing, <laughs> but it was crazy, right? That, that I think that's a fair example. I mean, thirty is it's geez, that's seven years ago. Good God, that yeah. But so I, I mean, I, I think I was probably one of the only few that were like, I can't wait for this to happen. What right? to lose? It, yeah, yeah. And then the majority, probably ninety five percent of the world, is like, oh, he'll never lose. This is. He'll never lose. This is a record that'll never be beaten. Right. You know, he's always going to be undefeated. I think you two were probably in the, you know, he should he shouldn't lose category. We definitely were. We definitely were. We're yeah. like, no, he should never break the streak. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, if you were gone out on top, you know, but yep. Yeah, but I, I mean, and if you remember when we, I think y'all went with me and to another friend's house years ago, and he was a big Undertaker fan. And we watched, I think, a WrestleMania, maybe two at his house. And even then, I was calling for it, you know, for him to lose. Because, again, you know, if, if he if once that streak gets going and you hit double digits, it's a shock, right? It's one of them things that you just don't expect to happen. And to get that, what, 20, what was it, 21, 20? 21 and 0. 20. Yeah. To get that far, it really becomes a shock. Well, I mean, I still feel like Michaels should if if someone breaks the streak, it should have been Michaels. Why? Cuz he had the best uh, match so, at all. But, uh, it carries over with the Mr. It carries over with the Mr. WrestleMania thing basically. Yeah, but so are you talking to his retirement or... 25, not 26, but 25. The first match. So the one before the retirement. Right, right. But, I mean, again, though, if they know the end is near... Right. It does does neither one of them a favor. 
for that's Michaels true. to go over. That's true, because at that time, Undertaker was also like, <laughs> I don't know how much longer I got. Right. Because he had did, his, well, the, the next year, after he retires Michaels, he does the matches with Triple H. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to give him credit. <sighs> he, he was willing to go out there against everybody and lay it all out there. He did not ever hold back. Until Brock, you know, dropped him on his head. <laughs> so, but I, I, I mean, and it, but if you look at it, though, what does Brock do after that? Well, I mean, I mean that Brock defines Brock. To yeah. Be, yeah. So Brock needs that moment, whereas, you know, very few others. I mean, you know, it's not like he wrestled the world champion. Every time. Right. Right. You know, I, I don't think. Did he never wrestled Hogan out of WrestleMania, did he? Nope. No, uh, not at me. Austin. Nope. I'm not trying to. Mania. I'm trying. The Rock. Not at Mania. Uh, did he? Okay, so again, you're talking. He was there for like the biggest names uh, from the '80s forward. Right. And there was never a WrestleMania match with him. So, you know, how many of his, how, you know, of the opponents he had, whatever, whatever, you know, were they destined to be world champs or were they destined to carry the couple? No, there were only a few of them. Mm-hmm. Michaels, Triple H, you know, Brock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he wrestled Flair, right? But that was later in Flair's career. Um... Right, right, but that's a match that Flair credits with giving him back the confidence to go back to work. Sure, but every match was like that for Flair. <laughs> that's true. If you, if you dive into his biographies like that, and that made me believe I could be a wrestler. Thanks, Rick. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, Rick's my I shouldn't guy, have right? gone on that Chinese tour with Hogan. <laughs> I mean, Rick's my you? guy, but, I mean, it's yeah. the same tearjerker stuff you know mm-hmm. he shows up he gets an applause and holy crap he, you know for the so the last 50 years mean nothing all the applause you've gotten this one is oh yeah i've got my confidence back Rick, you never lost it uh, you know there's no way you could have been who you were and lost an ounce of confidence right because even though I, I mean you exude confidence you you know but you know what i'm saying mm-hmm I understand maybe you lost your spot and it, it you know, probably knocked you down or a peg or two. Well, you're Ric Flair. I mean, they make rap songs about you. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, the whole I lost my smile gimmick to me is just so old. So did Flair originate that then? Uh, no, because that, that happened well after, uh, I think that, ha- that happened well after Jericho and Michaels, because that wouldn't have been until the end of his career. Yeah, that yeah, no, been... I got what you mean. I got what you mean. Took yeah. me a second to pick up on it. Yeah, I think, but, uh, Jericho was first, no, who was first? Michaels was first, right? The first, quote unquote, I lost my smile. Home. No, well, the first take of my ball was Dean. But the I'm going yeah. ball. I'm taking my ball and going home. Yeah, yeah. But Michaels was the one that came out there and go, uh, most importantly, I uh, I lost my smile. Yeah. I'm gonna go and try to find it. 
All yeah. of us, and all I, of us it, HBK it, fans crying in the audience. We're so shocked. Yeah, and something tells me Jericho and Dean were they. You know, it was a well placed dig at. You know, this is what the competitors give you. I'd have to look at the timeline. That could be true. I never really thought. No, of that. I'm almost positive Michaels did it first, and then the other ones did it. I'm uh, Jericho did it quite a bit later, I think. I don't remember when Dean fell, falls in the timeline, but so. But I'd say it was a very it was a dig at Michaels taking his smile and going home, whatever you want to call it. I'm so unhappy. <laughs> I mean, you know, Brett beats your ass on a regular basis. <laughs> you can't go backstage. I'm, can't hang out with your this, friends. <laughs> this is the greatest day of my life. Why? Because I acknowledge that Brett beat him. Finally, admitting that yeah, Brett beat Michael's well, ass. All I mean, it, he doesn't. He doesn't have any place to deny it now because he's the one that goes, "Yeah, Brett kind of beat me up." <laughs> it's like, yeah. I, you know. I still can't wait till them to tell the world how much of that backstage stuff was work. Oh my god! I bet you. You know, one. I, I think that would kind of hurt it for me because I'm like, that's that's sure. the feud, right? Of of my teen years. That's the feud. Michaels and Brett. That'd be like, oh, put put the t- don't move the curtain. <laughs> Leave that over there. I mean, but how much of a coincidence that, that you know, oh, yeah, us, us, let's let Brett have a film crew follow him around for a year, and he, he signs the biggest contract in WWE history. Oh, geez, geez, it's okay. Brett, I, I, it's okay. I can't pay you. And the next thing you know, you get the footage of him punching Vince behind a closed door, and Vince coming out with the biggest right. black eye. Oh, no, no. You, you have to leave the room for this. All right, Brian. Nothing left to see here. Keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. I'll be. I'll be with the film crew later. Go outside. I'd have been like, no. You park your butt right there. I'm gonna give you footage. All right. <laughs> Put the tin foil I'm down, a- man. Because <laughs> I mean, he's quitting anyway. So what is he care? That was. You know what floored me about that is the way they publicized every piece of it. Like Brett's unhappy. Cool. Let's put it on Raw. What the hell? When did they ever do that before? They didn't, to answer that question. Um, now Brett's going to sign a new contract. He's going to make his decision. Live on Raw. When did they ever do that before? Never. Brett comes out. I just signed a deal that'll last to the end of my career. And then Vince playing it up. Oh, thank God. Never happened before. Will probably never happen again kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean, there's, there, I'll, I'll wear the tinfoil on that. There's a lot of like, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, something something tells me it was a very diabolical plot to get the WCW heavyweight title. Oh my god! <laughs> and it just fell apart before it could materialize. How crazy would that have been? Because Brett got kicked in the head and never got it. Yeah, right, and he never got it. So Brett wins the title, and then the next night on Raw. <laughs> yeah, he shows up because yeah, it's not like Vince wouldn't. Have. Like paid any type of, you know, fine or you know whatever no. Brett would have incurred. He, he, you know what though, 
if there had been any fine that Brett had, he'd have been like, here you go. He'd have, oh, yeah, he'd, and he'd have won in court because Vince back then, he could do his Teflon. Vince is still kind of Teflon. So. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, Vince is still kind of Teflon. I mean, he can buy whatever he wants. I not agree with what he's doing, his comp- the way he's, what his company's doing, but we cannot disagree with yeah. his bank account seems to be the biggest it's ever been. Yeah, when you're making deals in the billions with a B, right. dollar range. I- Big old capital B. <laughs> yeah, you're, and, you're, you're Teflon. Yeah. And multiple ones, not just one. You know, it's like. While systematically running your company into the ground. Repeatedly. <laughs> Repeatedly. Build it back up. Nope. Put it in the back down. So I just hey, saw... Vince is just sitting over in the corner counting his stacks of cash while the other people are like, don't worry, we have you. Meanwhile, Hunter and Triple H are like, hello! <laughs> I just saw a tweet from WWE 2K Developmental, DEV, for their video games. We looked at the finest details when animating WWE superstars through their entrances and their moves. With over 4,800 4, new or updated animations in WWE 2K22. So I got to wait till 22 to get it. Well, it'll be it'll be October this year. Oh, so it's coming out this year. Yeah. Well, that's so it's that's not how they 21. do. 21. Right, right, exactly. They skipped 21, remember? That was what Battlegrounds was supposed to replace. Okay. <laughs> Overwhelming excitement. <laughs> well, no, because, like, Madden does the year it yeah. comes out. Right. And I haven't had I haven't had a good WWE game in, what, two, three years? So... Just tell me what the special edition is so I can pre-order it and get it over with. Yeah, let me get my Supercard freebies. Um, <laughs> that's all I get them for. That and the downloadables are usually kind of cool, like the extra stuff. Like, I like the um, the the secret uh, arenas and storylines, like the things that go bump in the night, the Halloween stuff. That stuff was kind of cool. The bugs kind of sucked, but, you know, the other stuff was cool. Bet you won't get it again. Uh, he gonna get it again for the super cards. See, that's the thing. What what happened with Battleground, Brian? No, I'm talking about the <laughs> DLC like that. I imagine you'll probably get more like um, straightforward type DLC. Yeah, they had some probably. wacky DLC. Yes. How about the big heads? Like what the? Mm-hmm. We don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a, a big old gigantic head on a wrestler. Can we just go to the match, please? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, AEW, apparently, Brian, I'm, I'm sure you're paying attention to the C2C chat. AEW doesn't make money because of their games division. What? <laughs> I love Shane. I love Shane, man. He's always got great takes, but this one, not so much. So I posted an article in the C2C chat about how basically Tony Khan's dad is like, hey, listen, when I die, I'm leaving you a lot of money. Why not spend some of it? That's what he told him about AEW. And I said, this is why AEW is dangerous, because it's essentially 
There's no handcuffs. Go go do what you have fun with, which I think is awesome. And to Sonny's point, yeah, it can be kind of dangerous. But we haven't seen any of that just yet as far as a reason to really, really be worried. But in the conversation that happens after that, Shane says they're not profitable because of the investment in the video game development. Uh-huh. Yeah. First off. So, um, yeah, but so you're talking <laughs> you're talking like a billionaire. Right, right. Investing maybe and they're not even investing into this. Like they may they may be like uh who who's making it uh Ukes or whatever? Oh, they're Is paying yeah, for the big next gen console release, they're paying. No, no, no. That, That's but... not how it works. AEW's not paying Ukes to produce a video game. AEW is licensing the likeness to Ukes. AEW is going to make money. They're not putting money up front. And if they do, it's something small just to get them started. And then they make it once the game comes out. That's how it works. They go find a publisher or, uh, you know, a development company. Mm -hmm. We want you to do this. Here's $10 million to get started. That's like you going to 7-Eleven and saying, hey, here's $10. Give me two hot dogs. You're talking a billionaire here. Who that ten, he's already made that $10 million back. Well, the, the point of the article is, is it, the article itself is actually kind of a fluff piece on Forbes.com talking about how Tony Khan is basically a newcomer to the wrestling business and how well he's done and how much he's respected and loved by his employees. There's a full spread photo shoot and everything. His dad talks about how he supports them and even acknowledges that the company right now is not making a profit. Well, no small business makes a profit really within their first year, at least, at least. However, what's being done right now, and this is where the conversation to me was was kind of interesting, was when Shane said that, I'm like, well, there's no way that kind of money is getting dropped. Because first off, that AEW Elite GM game, that's going to be a $0.99 cent purchase on, on the App Store. Uh, the Parker game is awful. I, I, yes, I, I understand. We, we, we've talked about it before. Yeah, it gets new, new faces and your name out there. But that's kind of a dumb thing to do. And then even if they spent, and to your point, Brian, you're absolutely right. They license it, so they're not spending. But even if they did, even if they spent a million, that's a literal drop in a bucket. To everything that they could be doing. So there's no way that that would be the reason that they're not making a profit. And they're not even traveling right now. So Exactly. That's where your profit's not being made. You don't have 11,000 people paying to see you at an arena. Right. That's where the profit's being made. Vince is making a profit because Vince is making deals. That well, and, Tony Khan just can't achieve at this moment in time. And here's the other part. And this this really kind of cracked me up. So, you know, WWE gets destroyed 
in the ratings, right? They they get run down. It doesn't matter if they have a 2.0 or 1.9. It doesn't matter. People just run them down. AEW, on the other hand, usually, regardless of where their ratings are, is touted. I mean, that's just the... It's because AEW is the hot new toy is how, they, how people view it right now. Now, their growth is there. It is happening. And I think the only reason they've seen a dip in their ratings is because they're on Friday nights against the freaking NBA playoffs. That's At what time? Like, it's like 10 o'clock on a Friday night. But here's, Friday here's what cracked me up. And, and this is one of our partners, WrestlingHeadlines.com or Lords of Pain. Um, they report on the ratings, and this was done on the 14th, where where the um, ratings went up from 462,000 462, to 487. Saying this is up 5.4% from last week's Friday Night Dynamite. And... They said it was a .19 in the key demo. I don't know that ratings from a Friday night episode, unless it just skyrockets one week, is really worth reporting. But somehow this is news. Maybe the 14th must have been a slow news day. It, it is because so like everybody just wants to destroy him. Mm-hmm. The upstart. Right, WCW 2.0, you know, yada yada. They can't. They in their little small minds, they can't grasp at what this company is doing. Because I guess to them it makes no sense, right? So we'd rather watch the drivel of you know whatever's going on in WWE. And again, so when we when we started this, as we moved forward. I fell off the WWE bandwagon, mm-hmm. right? Rob, I think, is barely hanging on by a shoestring. Because I think he's even admitted he doesn't watch it like he used to. Oh, yeah. So you have admitted to things that I don't think I would have ever thought hurt. So you're not happy with it, right? In, in, but instead of, you know, for a lot of people, instead of, like, putting the bobblehead away, right? it's easier to rip AEW. The same company who the Forbidden Door right. has been kicked wide open because guess who we saw at Daly's Place? Mm-hmm. Moose and Sammy Callahan. Uh, and um, Josh Alexander from Impact is headed to New Japan for a week. Yeah, I mean, if you can't get excited over that, mm-hmm. then you're not you're not really a wrestling fan. You're I think, you're, you're a bobblehead, like I try to explain sometimes. I think what what happens to me is because like NXT, I'll watch NXT and Raw because it's on. It's on a Monday. You know what I mean? It's kind of the routine. But what makes me hop off isn't the in-ring product because I mean, what have we ever disagreed on how Raw has been within the past year? Because I don't think so. I think we've all been like, ugh. Um, no, what turns me off is reading the the news that we're, we're about to see WWE go back to Saudi Arabia. Basically, the blood money that they got two years ago. Now, we call it what you want. I'm not really trying to dig in too deep to the politics of it. But Really? Well, I know, I know. I already <laughs> took a stab, right? Right, but... But call it what you want, they're not going to turn away, what was it, $400 million, $500 million, the first trip, crown jewel on a Friday afternoon that no one's going to watch. 
But they're going back. They're going to do it again. They already put their roster in danger for, yeah, you know, crappy reasons. But I don't get behind that. I can't get behind it. I, I can't get into it because it's like, why would you want to put your people out there? That's just dangerous. It's it's right up there with firing people during a pandemic. But again, though, so it it doesn't matter what side the fence you're on, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody looks at the other side with the rose-colored glasses. Oh, sure, sure, right? I mean, but there are certain certain things that either side could point out and not Mm -hmm. really take a dig at somebody, right? So you're talking it's Friday night at 10 o'clock. Uh-huh. Right? What comes on at 8 o'clock? On Friday, SmackDown. Okay. So I think we can all agree, be, even being lifelong wrestling fans, eventually there's a point where I've watched enough wrestling for tonight. Right. Or the week. Or, yeah, or the week or whatever. And now it doesn't matter the company. If you're going to watch wrestling, it should matter the company. You're going to watch it more so for like in ring product than a lot of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now this is a pay per view every Friday night because that's for a time. That's how long your pay per views were. It was three mm-hmm. hour show plus an hour. Um, pre or post show? Pre. All right. Yeah. And that, to, to me, that's that's what this is. This is a, you know, this is a pay-per-view every week. This is a marathon now. Mm-hmm. And you being the oddball, not the oddball, but the last one, oh, that's going to hurt. That's going to sting. Because I'm going to have to admit, I didn't watch all of this last Friday's AEW. Uh, I rewatched it. I believe I turned on the replay of it. Um, I had it DVR'd or TV, TVO'd, whatever the hell it is called. Wow, I just dated myself even further. TVO'd. But yeah, like I DVR'd it. I, I recorded it and watched it later. Um, I I usually do watch SmackDown because usually SmackDown's pretty good. Um, but I haven't probably passed at least the past two weeks. I know I didn't watch it when we were at Virginia Beach. I watched AEW later that night. Well, we were at dinner. But even still, I didn't really have any intention of watching it. Um <laughs> The, for me, like, I can't watch Impact but so much because I get kind of, I, I don't like Josh Matthews' voice. And I, yeah, I can't watch him on mute. No, he, he did commentary two weeks in a row. I might turn it back on when Matt Stryker's back. Um, oh. But it's the, I, I to your point, because it is, it is like a marathon. Three hours of Monday Night Raw, especially with the way Raw is laid out, is, it's exhaustive. Mm-hmm. Um. I can Probably watch two NXT. Yeah. And NXT is a good show. Impact followed by right. SmackDown followed by AEW, and then any number of countless one hour episodes. Dark elevation. 20, yeah, yeah. 20 yes. different federations. And then we got rampage coming up in August. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's a lot of wrestling. It's my hope. My hope is that with Rampage, that they stop with other shows. Not, they won't, though. Not cut them off. 
Not like not make them, but no no more additional shows. Four is a safe number. You're going to burn your talent out. That's what my worry is. Yeah, but see, they handle it different. Like dark, they definitely do. Dark and um, elevation, you get a lot of crossover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So guys like Scorpio Sky and Paige and some of these people, you know, they'll go back and forth but won't ever show up on Dynamite Harley. Right. You know, um, but now they're on Dynamite more. So, you know, they're not quite on the other ones as much. And it, but it, and it's also not like these shows are filmed on separate days. Some mm-hmm. of these shows are, you know, filmed same day type stuff. Well, and, so, and it, it does kind of go back to how SmackDown used to be because remember that used to be a six hour taping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it just makes sense to to do a lot so you show up, you know. And again, with no crowds, mm-hmm. you don't really know when they're taping them. Yeah. So you could tape, you know, Thursday for both days next week. So then you'd wrestle Wednesday, Thursday and have off till the following Wednesday or, you know, whatever your call is. So. So as we get ready to close out, a um, couple things I'd recommend checking out when you get an opportunity. Watch the five way match for the NXT title from In Your House this past weekend. I have not seen the entire show, but I did watch that match. It was quite good. Um, if you get a chance, watching the opening watching the opening segment of NXT for Samoa Joe, pretty good too. Um, coming up this weekend is Hell in the Cell. Uh, i got to be honest. I'm not really even up to speed outside of Samoa Joe on the brain. Uh, Roman Reigns against Ray and Drew McIntyre against Lashley. Outside of that, I really don't know the card. Kind of goes back to that whole, like, you know, exhaustive amount of wrestling throughout a week. Um, Loki, episode two on ooh, uh, tomorrow night. At tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have y'all seen one? Yes. 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 We're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Wait, didn't Loki on Wednesday? So wouldn't it be tonight at midnight? Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. Maybe if uh, maybe if this COVID shot doesn't knock me out, I'll, I'll watch it tonight. Um, look, man. <laughs> we didn't all get adamantium with our shots. Okay. Can't all be Wolverine like jealous. that. I am. I want my spider sense, damn it. Well, it's because you took so damn long to get your shot. All the mutations are gone. My implant's in. They know where I'm going. Well, they already know where I'm going, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you think of something again and then... (laughs) You're right. Think Uh, of something again and then look at your Amazon cart. I know what I wanted to say. Brian, two weeks ago, BTE talks about blackballed shock journalists. Did you notice that little dig? Um, what uh, What else was on that show? Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm just, it was the Bucks doing what they do, trolling trolling us fans. And they called out blackballed wrestling journalists. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so 
that could be a dig at probably Melcher. Screw you, Bucks. It's pff, the Melcher driver. It's not a Dave. It's not a Dave. <laughs> not yeah, Uncle I mean, Dave. I, I mean, who, who else has been blackballed, though? Uh, ooh. You, you know, know what I'm honestly, saying? Honestly, like, Sean Sapp, maybe, could be a guy I, that they're going yeah, after. Do we, anybody even know who he is? He's gaining momentum, but no, not really. Um, because they still it's not Wade Keller, because I don't think, I don't think Keller does anything anymore. Yeah, but they take digs at Dave all the time. Hence the name, Melter Driver. Melter Driver, the ND taker. Uh, yeah, I mean those are all shots at Dave every time they're said. Uh, now I, I, you know, again, I'm sure it's a work because they seem to have a decent, you know, relationship with the guy. But um, there's no telling who it was at though. I'll tell you, you know what? Say it was aimed, it was aimed at us. It was aimed at us. You're not blackballed. You don't know that. You don't yeah. know that. And you're not. We're, I mean, I don't know if I'd call this journalism either. All right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. So. I'll say this to you, Mister Jackson, Mister Massey. <laughs> that is your real name. But I'm pretty sure Massey is. Yeah. Take the damn lampshades off your head. You look like a buffoon. You hear uh, me? Great. Look like a buffoon. Now, we're, now we've got it. Now we've got it. <laughs> Right, put that on dynamite. Hole <laughs> <laughs> you should have put that on dynamite. <laughs> uh, Rob, Somebody sounds answer, jealous. Uh, it, it hurt my feelings a little bit. Rob, the answer to your question about Loki, really well written. Um, WandaVision to, to like 11 is my, opi- my opinion of the book. Mm, you don't think so? It is not as good as WandaVision. <sighs> Man, I don't know. I, I really dig it. I think it's pretty Oh, no, I'm not saying it's not good. I will say it's better than Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But after the first, if you compare the first episodes, it's nowhere close to WandaVision. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, you know what? You got a good point. If we're just going off the first episode, all right, right, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I just, I think the writing's really snappy. It's smart. Um, And it is really cool to watch them. Just, I love the the Easter egg stuff they do. I think that's my favorite part. Well, don't spoil it. Nope, nope. Even though you want to, I, I'm always good at that. All right. Uh, before we roll out and do the social media things, guys, anything that you wanted to point out for this coming week? That you're short. You're bald. Ing. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Brian? <laughs> uh-uh. Nope. I'm not getting involved with y'all's two little... Shenanigans. Uh, that tiffed. Love versus quarrel. I don't, I don't know what you call it. Brian's enjoying... It was mean and hateful. <laughs> it did Brian's hurt. Brian's enjoying the quaffed of lightning hair. <laughs> You know, that hurts, too, because I wish I could have that. I know. You know what I mean? Like, his is going to the white, like, wow, he's going to be like that, you know, the bad guy in the movies. Right. We just we just got the bad end of the Arn Anderson haircut. We're just the bald sidekick. What do you want to do, boss? <laughs> okay, Brian, what do you want to do? <laughs> hey, boy. Hey, boy. <laughs> 
catch up with Rob on Twitter at Rob Hefner C2C and RDHUWP on the Instagram. Brian is at Vlad Dragul C2C. Brian, that mm. is my favorite Did I username. That? I thought yes. I changed it. That is my favorite username you have. You cannot change it. Yeah. Vlad Dragul. Is I told it, you. I was only going to spell it, it one week. There? It is. It looks is great. It, is it? Oh. I don't know. I thought I changed it, but okay, whatever. It's called branding, Brian. Look it up. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but I, it's not like I can really brand that one. So That's true. That's true. I can only just use it. Hey, remember, if you're stealing in the entertainment industry, you're stealing at least twice. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. Uh, you catch up with me at Stan Grubb everywhere and the show at C2C Radio Show on Twitter, Quarter to Corner Show, and Quarter to Corner Wrestling on Facebook, C2CRadioShow.com, and com for the websites for the show. That's going to do it for us. We will be back with you again next Monday. Sorry for the delays. Next Monday, same bat time, same bat channel. You're putting me to sleep. God, your voice. You know what? You're just a jerk. It's like, it's like, no, but I'm just a dirty, dirty jerk. It's like breaking your knee on a planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.